Ozark Highlands Radio is brought to you by the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas, a wonderful way to enjoy yesterday. On the web at OzarkFolkCenter.com. Howdy, folks. This is Dave Smith, host of Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome to our show. We have a very special show for you this week as we celebrate the life and music of a dear friend, Kathy Barton, whose passing in April of 2019 was a great shock to the old-time music community. We'll hear music and interviews with Kathy and her husband, Dave Para, recorded at the Ozark Folk Center State Park. And my good friend Aubrey Atwater and I will discuss Kathy's influence on old-time music. That's this week on Ozark Highlands Radio. A lifelong musician, Kathy Barton grew up singing and started learning the ukulele in elementary school in Hawaii. After moving to Missouri, she took up the guitar and banjo and eventually developed a champion old-time banjo style. After hearing a record of Bill Spence on community radio, she became one of the first hammered dulcimer players in her region and helped expand the popularity of the instrument, inspiring many players nationally. Her playing was vibrant, powerful, and spot-on. She was also a generous and thoughtful teacher. Music was always fun for her, and she tried to pass that on as much as any technique to her students and audiences. Say, part, have you sighted a schooner way out on the Santa Fe Trail? Well, it may get here Monday or sooner with a water keg tied to its tail. There's Pappy and Ma on the mule seat And somewhere along by the way A little toe-headed gal on a pinto Just a jangling for old Santa Fe Yo-ho, yo-ho Just a jangling for old Santa Fe Try it Yo-ho like an acre of sunflowers and a little brown quirt in her hand. She mounted her pinto so airy and rode like she carried the mail. And her eyes now set fire to the prairie way out on the Santa Fe Trail. Yo, yo, way out on the to sight I'm acquainted with the high-flying order 
I sometimes kiss some girls goodnight. But law, they're all fruffles and beating, and afternoon tea by the pail, compared to that sort of stampeding that I got on the Santa Fe Trail. Yo Girl, it's unwise, and it's shorter from hell to hilary than it is on the Santa Fe ride. I'll maybe reach plumbers by sundown, where a camp may be made in the swale, and I'll run on a gal on a pinto, lay out on the Santa Fe trail. Yo. My dad was in the military, and what do you say when you're an army brat? I've lived in a lot of different places. I was born in Georgia, lived in Kentucky, Virginia, Hawaii for a while, but I've been in Missouri since since 1967. Oh, I grew up in the Chicago area, and I came to MU in Columbia, where Kathy lived, uh, to the University of Missouri there, and then I just kind of stayed. <laughs> I met Kathy, and then I'm, you know, going back to Missouri, going back to Chicago. So, and we came, started coming down here, and I came down in seven, 1973, I think, just out of high school. I saw um, that National Geographic did a series of different kind of ethnic musics LPs back in those days, and they did one called Music of the Ozarks. And I just fell in love with it, because not only did it have great music, but it also had pictures of the musicians down here. And there was one picture of the whole Rack and Sack Folklore Society. They were all holding some kind of instrument or the other, and I said, I love that. I, I want to be where that, that kind of music's going on. And I came down here, and that's where I first heard the auto harp. That's where I first heard a hammer dulcimer. That's where I first heard the mountain dulcimer. All, the, all three of those hammered in mountain dulcimer and auto harp here. So this has had a very big impact she, she on me. How to play, and she had a real flamboyant style on the banjo. And we'll try to get some of that as much as we can and play it Cousin Emmy style. So this is a song that Grandpa had wanted me to learn called Johnny Booker.
number of times a year we would head down here just for whatever reason possible to play and and then we finally worked down here Ramona Jones gave me a job you know working at grandpa's place that was the little music store and gift shop that was there first and then later on I worked and then Dave and I both together worked at the grandpa Jones dinner theater and so we've we've been good friends with Kathy, the Jones family for Kathy a long time Kathy worked with Bill McNeil, yeah, Bill McNeil one summer I was sort of like an archivist for a while working for, for Bill McNeil, so. So, yeah, so it was a, there was a time when we, you know, came down here. Kathy's mother loved to come down here and knew a lot of people and. You know, yeah. but they but were the, wonderful, wonderful. That a big folks. impact. If you were looking, you know, for, you know, traditional things and, you know, played by the, the real thing, you know, they were, that was really something. And yet a sense of, you know, of being on a show as well, but still.
I didn't I didn't learn directly from anyone in my family playing music. I learned a little bit from my sister who played guitar, but my dad loved music. And my dad built 14 hammer dulcimers. He made five or six mountain dulcimers and a banjo even. And he did that just for the love of the music. Um, but he never really was interested in playing himself, but he loved hearing us play. You know, that really thrilled him. And, and uh, my mom and dad both were big encouragers, I'd say. But as far as learning directly, I didn't. What I had to do was to go learn from people in the community. And I would say in my life, Taylor McBain, like Dave Slided, was one big influence at home. Grandpa Jones was a big influence. Grandpa and Ramona both were big influences on not only our playing, our performing, we learned a lot about performing from watching the two of them. And we oh, learned a lot of yeah, repertoire and a lot a lot of my banjo playing. You can hear a little side, little bits of Grandpa in, in that and Mark, too. Okay, we'll do a couple of tunes here for you. Um, the first one is, uh, I think it's an Appalachian tune, really, uh, called Pretty Betty Martin. And that's uh, followed up by a tune called Chinkapin Hunting.
Missouri River Valley folk musicians Kathy Barton and Dave Parra, singing Along the Santa Fe Trail, Johnny Booker, then playing a medley of French-Canadian tunes, The Grand Chain, Edmund Paraiso, Real de Montebello, and the St. Antoine's Reel. Kathy and Dave closed that set with a couple of old American fiddle tunes, Pretty Betty Martin and Chinkapin Hunting. After a short break, I'll be back with my friend Mark Jones for this week's Blast from the Past. You're listening to Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome back to Ozark Highlands Radio. Well, I warned you earlier this was going to happen, and sure enough, it's time to go down to the vault. Now, a creepy, dark old vault where Mark Jones lurks down there. Let's go down and see him now. You down here, Mark? Is that you, Dave? Well, it is. It's kind of dingy down here. How do you see? I don't. I just <laughs> feel a lot. <laughs> well, I hope you feel good. We're going to have to get you some more light bulbs down here. Three or four of them are burnt out, I see. I think so. Yeah. Hey, Mark, I was... Uh, I've been thinking recently about a dear friend of ours that we lost last year, Kathy Barton, a oh. fine singer and hammered dulcimer player and banjo player. And she was just so talented. She sure was. I just, I wonder if you've got any of her music down here. I sure do, Dave. Uh, actually, Kathy came down here to learn and study under Bill McNeil. Uh-huh, our old and, folklorist. Right. And he he was so knowledgeable on all the material that was done around here. And Kathy just wanted to come down and visit, be around Bill McNeil as much as possible and learn so much. And she sure did. Oh, Bill was a wealth of information. He was. Uh, now, this is a recording of Kathy and my sister, Elisa, and uh, they hung out. They were best friends. So if you'd like, this is called The Water is Wide. One of my favorite songs. Let's listen to it.
Well, that Kathy had the voice now, didn't she? She sure did. That was her singing lead on that, and your sister singing uh, harmony on the harmony chorus. Wow, that and was I mighty think, pretty. I think Kathy was playing guitar on this too. Really, I didn't even know she played guitar. I know she was a fine banjo player. She's just a good musician all the way yeah, around. Well, she and your sister sang very well together. I thought. Well, thank you. I thought so too. When was that recorded? That was in 1978. Well, that's been a while now, hasn't it? Well, I'm glad we've got these recordings, and I'm glad that's your job, Mark, to take care of all this stuff. Somebody's got to watch out over it. Thank you, Dave. All right, I'll see you next week, Mark. All right. Let's get back to some more great music from this week's guests, Kathy Barton and Dave Para. Not only have Kathy and Dave performed all across the United States, as well as several trips to Europe, they've also played music on riverboats up and down the Mississippi and Ohio rivers. Here's another set of their songs, starting with Skipping on the Mississippi Dew. Side wheel steamboat, pilot house stove, and engine room brass. Hanging on a post on the main deck stairway, long hair skipping on the Mississippi Dew. Well, the river run wide, run deep, run muddy. The river run long after I am gone. Steamboat wheel around a big white band, skipping on the Mississippi Dew. Sunday, 12 feet of water at the Memphis Gage. Wouldn't be home without the paddle wheel rolling, paddle wheel skipping on the Mississippi Dew. Oh, the river run wide, run deep, run muddy. The river run long after I am gone. Steamboat wheel around a big white man skipping on the Mississippi Dew. I'd work on the river 39 days on a valley line boat Make a little money Get a springtime chicky Take off skipping on the Mississippi Dew Well, the river run right run deep run muddy The river run long after I am gone Steamboat wheel around a big white van Skipping on the Mississippi Dew because my dad being in the military he traveled a lot when I was young he'd be gone a lot you know and so my mom kind of raised us for a, a good portion of that time but what my dad would do is whatever country he visited and he went all over the world he would always bring back music from that country 
That was something he brought back for us, and I just loved it. So he brought back Japanese music, Korean music, Thai music, whatever it might be, and I would just sit there and listen to it. So I think that was an influence to get me interested in traditional music, you know, of, of some kind. So that plus, I'm sure, the folk revival going on, you know, those things were all mm -hmm. coalescing at that point in time. So I was getting interested in the music before I ever actually um, played. I, I was hearing this stuff first, and I just said, whatever it takes, I'm going to learn it. And I remember people showing me how to do the Fraylin stroke. Okay, and then once I got it, you know, it was like taking off. You know, it was just great fun, and I, I, I never looked back and, and always loved it. I mean, that's been one of the greatest joys of my life, i got to say. Home again, wife and baby behind 
It's like this this music is meant to be shared. And and I, I we both feel strongly about it. That's why we do a lot of work now and have since 1981. We've been doing work in schools, um, sharing this. That's why the concept of the Ozark Folk Center is right where my head is. This is, you know, oh, yeah. I think this is of, of huge importance that you have a, a state park that is all about the people and the culture and passing it on. That is so important because if you don't keep passing it on, then somewhere along the line, it, it it dries up and dies out. And this way, you keep it going. You keep it going and pass it on to the next generation. So we work in schools. We do school assemblies. We do residences. And we always talk about Mountain View because I have kids. We have kids making mouth bows. I learned to play that from Leo Rainey and Jimmy Driftwood when, first, when I first came down here. Yeah, Leo Rainey. And we're still doing that. We've made over 2,000 of them in the state oh, of Missouri kids. at this point uh, with kids. General John S. Marmaduke, or it was named for his papa, uh, Meredith Miles Marmaduke, so we don't know for sure, but anyway, it's a popular tune called Marmaduke's Hornpipe.
You've been listening to some songs played by the late Boonville, Missouri musician Kathy Barton, performing with her husband and life partner Dave Para. In that set, we heard Skipping on the Mississippi Dew, When I Went Four to Take My Leave, and a medley of three old-time tunes that demonstrate Kathy's mastery of the hammered dulcimer, Accordion Crimes, The Dancing Bear, and Marmaduke's Hornpipe. When we return after this short break, I'll be sitting down with musician and author Aubrey Atwater to reminisce about our old friend Kathy Barton. This is Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome back to Ozark Highlands Radio. The folk music family recently suffered a terrible loss with the death of our good friend Kathy Barton. I'm lucky to be sitting here today with Aubrey Atwater, who knew Kathy very well and can probably give us some insight on her life and career. Hey, Aubrey. Hi. It's great to be here. Uh, this is this is where I met Kathy more than 20 years ago at the Ozark Folk Center. I think we were all at one of the dulcimer jamborees, and I met this beautiful woman who was an incredible instrumentalist and singer and scholar and a, a wonderfully warm and gracious person. And it, I, You said something funny to me right before we got started here, and I laughed, and I thought about how she used to just throw her head back and laugh when she that, would play the banjo. and That gal could laugh yeah. now. <laughs> she was always laughing. Yeah. And so she had a beautiful spirit and a very remarkable musician in many ways. And for me, a, a remarkable woman. And, and I have always looked to other women performers and players. And she was a pioneer. I don't know if she even meant to be a trailblazer, but she really was. She played a lot of different instruments and really well. She was pretty famous for her banjo playing her hammer dulcimer playing, her auto harp playing, and she played other things too. If you if you look at videos of her or read the liner notes of her records, she's playing all kinds of stuff. And um, she had a lovely virtuoso style with the banjo. She'd take her pinky, the fingernail of her pinky, and do this awesome kind of riff or fanning um, thing that she would do with the banjo playing, and it was a great sound. Um, I suppose at that time she was working at the Grandpa Jones Dinner Theater? Um, in the when I met her in the mid to late nineties, she was older by then. But it was a late late sixties or early seventies that she came to the Ozark Folk Center as a teenager and worked with Ramona Jones in the gift shop in in a dinner theater. That's right. Yeah, and she ended up playing and appearing and touring a little bit with Ramona and Grandpa Jones and Jimmy Driftwood, and I think even Roy Acuff. She went to the Grand Ole Opry, and she she was on Hee Haw. I, I think listeners need to look that video up. I saw a great yeah. clip of her playing on Hee Haw. Yeah. Just knocking out the banjo, too. Perfect play. It was amazing. And she 
she was playing the way she always played, and she was only not even 15, <laughs> I think, in that clip. Yeah. She was also a fine hammered dulcimer player yes, as well. Yes, yes. So... I met Kathy in the late 90s, and then I think I just met Kathy that year, and then my husband Elwood and I met both Kathy and Dave, and we would sometimes be thrown together as performers in different festivals around the country, and we made friends with each other. We didn't know each other super well. We we would see one another every couple of years, and we had them come to Rhode Island to be in our festival once, and they had us come to Boonville, Missouri, and be in their Big Muddy Festival, which they ran since uh, 1991 and Kathy appeared on stage at that festival just 10 days before she died. Well, whenever I think about Kathy, I always think about her laughing at Dave on stage. Yeah, yeah. Dave kept her in stitches, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Very funny people, very intelligent people, yes. great scholars, multi-instrumentalists, singers. They worked with children a lot, which was really neat too. They and, Yeah. And like you said, they founded the Big Muddy Festival in Boonville, Missouri, which what, 35 years ago, I suppose. Yeah. Been going on a long uh, 91. Time. Yeah. 91. So, like, I think it was a 28th or something uh -huh. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I, I was listening to something that Dave said not too long ago about how they could have gone in different directions with their musical career. They were both so talented and so smart. And they chose the avenue of a somewhat more humble folk music career as husband and wife that really was about community. And that's the sense I always got from them, that they were always pulling people in to join in the jam sessions, getting their audiences to sing along. And Kathy had the most beautiful, gracious warmth about her on stage or off stage, and she just included people. And the, and to me, that's the essence of traditional folk music. And they, they decided to go that route a long time ago. That's right. They were fine enough musicians. They could have been touring all the time mm -hmm. and been stars, but instead they just decided to remain regular people. Yep. And and they won a lot of awards with their work with children and doing artists in residence and things like that. And their big specialty was the riverboat and the steamboat uh, music. So they they were on, I believe it was the Delta Queen. They they were on that boat for about 13 years, and they did other cruises where they were the guest musicians. That's right. Last time yeah. I saw them, they were working on the Delta Queen. Mm -hmm. Dave said that Delta Queen's made for the overfed, the newlywed, and the nearly dead. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I never heard that before. <laughs> that they probably great. won't hear it on this uh, interview either. <laughs> yeah, so the the... Folk music scene in the United States and beyond is pretty rocked right now by her loss. And if it, if anything indicates it, it is my Facebook feed that pe people are very heartbroken that Kathy left this world at just 63 years old. And I identify heavily with her. Both my husband Elwood and I do. They are they were a married couple who performed together for over forty years, and that's the same type of career that Elwood and I have. We've been going at it for thirty two years, and that's kind of a thing in folk music. Uh, there are a lot of husband wife duos out there, so I think there were many similarities um, with what Kathy and Dave have done over the years, and what Elwood and I do, and. Kathy, being about eight years older than I am, I, I looked up to her, and I had keep my eye on what they were doing, and we did a lot of the same gigs over the years. Yeah, I suppose you ran like into that. them at festivals yeah. a lot. Yeah. Another thing to say about Kathy Barton, she worked with a lot of younger folks, and she collaborated with Paul and Wynne Grace. Um, Kathy came to Columbia, Missouri as a junior high 
age person. And Dave came to that area as a college student. So that's how they ended up in, in Missouri. And Wynn and Paul Grace played with them. They Kathy and Dave have collaborated with a lot of people over the years. Yeah. And so Wynn and Paul have two amazing daughters, Leela and Ellie Grace, who have been here at the Folk Center. And they were very influenced by Kathy's playing and very torn up right now. So there are a lot of younger generation musicians that are successful performers touring now that were very influenced by Kathy. And I think of all those children that they worked with in schools over the years. And there's some wonderful uh, quotes and testimonies um, on their website about young folks or who are now older who were very influenced by the work that Kathy and Dave would do in schools. That's right. Before I met Kathy and Dave, I was familiar with their music because I'd heard them uh, in recordings of a group called The Golden Ring. Yes. Yes. And that's something else I wanted to mention that I was actually a fan of Kathy's before I met her because my husband Elwood and I live in Rhode Island in New England and we knew Sandy and Caroline Payton of Folk Legacy Records. We knew them for many years. They're both gone now. In fact, Caroline Payton just passed away a few months ago. And they lived good long lives, and they ran a wonderful record label for folk music for many years, Folk Legacy Records. And in some of those earlier recordings, they, it was the Golden Ring, and, the, and they were different iterations of that group. And Kathy came along a little bit later, and she was part of at least one of those records. And she and Dave also, I believe, did three records with Folk Legacy. Those are great records, those early records in their career. They also collaborated with Bob Dyer, yes. who is known as the Bard of Boonville, Missouri, a great songwriter, mm-hmm. wrote a lot of songs about the history of that region and, and, and about the Missouri River as well. Yeah. And I believe he died in 2005 when we were actually there that year at the festival and he had just passed away. But yes, and and they lived in like a duplex together in Boonville for a number of years. He lived on one side of the house. So that sounded like a pretty cool collaboration. <laughs> oh, but there was a lot of music going on right Yeah, there. yeah. So what a story, what a career, uh, and what a what a humble career in a lot of ways in terms of the kind of person Kathy was, she was never one to get in the way of a song or a tune. It, she knew it wasn't about her. And, and you get you get that sense when you would watch her on stage. She had a wonderful combination of gracious femininity, virtuosity, and maybe a little shyness, too, and a, a lot of joy and a lot of warmth. So, That's right. She was a very humble person. Yeah, very interesting and very beautiful combination. Yeah. And it really, she really exuded beauty in every way. Yeah, what a loss to the yeah. folk music community. And a lot of people are going to remember her for many, many, many yes. years through the music that she passed on. Yes. Let's get back out on the stage with our friends Kathy Barton and Dave Para. In this set, they'll play two medleys, The Growling Old Man and The Cackling Old Woman and The Zipper. And Down the River I Go, Uncle Joe, followed by a fiddle tune with a little help from yours truly, John Stinson's number two.
yeah, that's, that's the main thing. It's I mean, you can study it, and it has it does have cultural roots and veins, and it 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 can really um, uh, and uh, enrich your understanding of history and American culture. It's great. You can get a great reading list out of out of the stuff, but primarily, it is just really fun to sit and play music, especially with somebody else or with a group of people. And, and I said, there's, there's it's, something. It's yeah, that, it's it's that. It's also you know. the fact that you're singing <laughs> songs or doing tunes that you know have been around a long time. And there's something I think really neat about doing a song that's had, as I like to say, a lot of people's fingerprints have been on it before you ever got to it, you know? Yeah. It's been around a long time. And I just think that's kind of neat to do, a song that could go back to the 1600s, you know? That's just neat to neat to me to think about that. You know, it's fun. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've just always loved it. Since I, was, since I was a little kid, I've always liked folk music, always. <laughs> To carry you around and down the river I go. Your little feet will never touch ground and down the river I go. Down the river I go, Uncle Joe. Down the river I go. Down the river I go, Uncle Joe. Down the river I go.
very much. That's Dave Perrin, Kathy Barton. We finished out this week's show with a few more fine tunes by Kathy Barton and Dave Perrin. First, they played a medley of The Growling Old Man and The Cackling Old Woman and The Zipper. Then, Down the River I Go, Uncle Joe, and a great old fiddle tune, John Stinson's Number 2. Thanks so much for taking part in our remembrance of a wonderful human being, a great musician, and a dear friend, Kathy Barton. We'll be back next week with more good music you won't hear any further up the radio dial. For Ozark Highlands Radio, this is your host, Dave Smith. Bye, everybody. Ozark Highlands Radio is produced by Jeff Glover. Executive producer is Darren Dorton. Additional support for this program comes from Arkansas State Parks, a division of the Arkansas Department of Parks, Heritage, and Tourism, with 52 unique reasons to visit the natural state. On the web at ArkansasStateParks.com. The Committee of 100 proudly supporting the Ozark Folk Center State Park since 1974. And by Stone Bank with roots in Mountain View, Arkansas. Stone Bank is a proud supporter of heritage musicians and small towns across America with government-guaranteed loans for farmers, entrepreneurs, and communities. More information available at StoneBank.com. For information on upcoming shows and events, we are on the web at OzarkHighlandsRadio.com. Until next time, I'm Donna Farrar.